0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Tampa Bay Buccaneers from the 48-yard line. Second down, 13. Brady lobbed one downfield. Caught ball by Gronkowski. Inside the 20 to
0: the 15-10. Gronkowski to the 5 to the 4-yard line. (laughs) Oh, all
1: <laughs> Here's the snap, pressure coming from the outside, Brady throws it back, hot ball, first out of the 50, outside the numbers 40, to the 30-yard line, to the 25, Ed Perriman, Bashaun Perriman, touchdown Tampa Bay, Fox run in overtime! This is the big nasty, yeah, big nasty, all Tampa Tempe Buccaneer fan, baby! This is Mike Allstott, Tempe Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast.
0: Cannon Fire Podcast, brother!
1: You ain't listening, and you're missing out! Woo! And the cannons cannon! Fire Keep, yeah. on Keep on firing Keep on firing.
2: We are back on the LA Football Show, right here on the LA Football Network and the Mightier ESPN Radio, coming at you live. Uh, excited to get into this full preview. We had Sosa on at the top of the hour, looking at the Rams side, and now we're looking at the Buccaneers side, Tampa Bay, and joining me, Evan Wanish and Rhett Matthew of the Cannon Fire Podcast, gentlemen. Excited to get into this, Evan. What's going on, brother? How you doing, man?
1: I'm doing really well. Thanks for. Uh, I know we've been re- basically our repeating guests, right? And uh, really, yeah, really excited for this matchup. And uh, yeah, the third time that we've been on your show.
2: Yeah. Stoked! So, Rhett, thanks for uh, joining me. the The background looks great. You got the old creamsicle hat going, the old Buck logo. What's going on? How you doing, man?
0: Doing good, man. Excited to talk this weekend's game with you. I, I mean, so much history in the postseason between these two teams, right? Like the Rams beat the Bucks twice in the NFC Championship. It's been it's been talked about before, the Bird Emanuel catch and everything in between. I mean, all the. You know the primetime games that they'd had over the years monday night football in 2000 when the bucks got their revenge i mean there's mm-hmm. just so many classic moments but the uh between these two franchises and hopefully we get a few more on sunday right
2: yeah it's it's good it's great you bring that up because people forget the the history between the two because of of recent there hasn't been a lot uh i mm-hmm. would say other than you know the, the two regular season matchups these two teams have, have had um but yeah the history is definitely there and there's been some good classics that have gone on and, and some of the great players that have gone through the Tampa organization. And, and obviously our defensive coordinator, Raheem Morris, got his start with with John Gruden down there in the Tampa too. So so we have become familiar with that a little bit here. So um talk to me a little bit about uh let's just jump into this, you know, concerns for Tampa as we kind of get in the injury or into the preview quickly. But some injury concerns on you know the offensive line with Ryan Jensen and Tristan Wirfs, which in my opinion is one of the biggest things in this matchup in this game when you look at this front seven for the rams specifically the front four uh in the pass rush so what can you tell me i'll toss it to you Rhett. first what can you tell me about kind of the the injuries how they're looking uh if it's looking like these guys will go just give me some updates there
0: yeah, the latest update we got today uh ryan jensen and tristan Worf were both out there at practice tristan worse actually walked out there didn't appear to be limping had his helmet on kind of going through the motions of practice ryan jensen i think expected to be a little bit further ahead and and i think jensen plays but yeah um yeah the the injuries for this bucks team at this time of year especially along the offensive line that is in my opinion, that's the biggest make or break for them this weekend is if Tristan Worse is going to be ready to go because you, you speak to the talent of the Rams front four, their defensive line. And not only do they have Aaron Donald, the best football, uh, the best player in the NFL over the last four seasons, it feels like. They went ahead and added Vaughn Miller, too, who is a future Hall of Fame pass rusher. So, you know, th- there really is no messing around. When you compare what the Bucks have done in the playoffs so far, you know, the Philly game. Shouldn't have even really been a game, you know, let's face it. So you can't really compare the pass rush of the Eagles to the Rams, but yeah, I mean, as far as Tristan worse and Ryan Jensen, it seems like Bruce Arians has made it clear. It's going to be a game day game time decision for those guys, uh, just like it was for a couple of players last week as well. So I'm very anxious, very, very anxious because the biggest strength of this O-line for the Bucks these past few years has been their ability to stay consistent, right? Keep Mm -hmm. your your main five guys up there and Tristan Wirfs, one of the only guys in the NFL who has played every regular season snap over the last two seasons. Like that goes without saying how big of a loss this would be for the Bucks if he's not ready to go, but seems like it's up in the air right now. Yeah. So it's, it's-
1: Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Um, no, go ahead. very, very much up in the air. Just wanted to add, a, you know, a quick note. How Bruce Arians said, like it may be an hour and a half b- before the game starts that they would know um, whether these two guys are going to play. And I mean, if you if you're going up against the Rams, who just wanted to throw in a really quick. The last time these two teams played was Week Three. Von Miller wasn't a, a Ram yet, so mm. that matters, right? That's definitely a factor, and um, yeah, they're going to need at least one of them, I think. Uh, if they're going into this game without both, uh, man, that that's that's a tough challenge, especially with just like Red said, Aaron Donald, who has been the best defensive player in football. I mean, for it seems like as long as. Like he's been in the league really as soon as he got in the league it seemed like this guy just came onto the scene so it'll be a challenge if those two guys can't go but bucks seem optimistic Uh, i don't know about both but bucks seem optimistic at least one of them will be out there
0: hey quick ad break but uh let me tell you about our guys over at betonline.ag one of our main sponsors of the podcast for over a year at this point From basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website they have to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Believe fifty. That's B L E A V five zero to receive your bonus. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports, and a proud sponsor of the Cannon Fire Podcast.
2: Yeah, I I, you guys know way more than me, but I feel like Jensen is probably going to be a go. Which is, I mean, the fact that he went back in the game um, and then I think came out again, but it seemed like he was further along, as you mentioned, Rhett. And, you know, Evan, though, if Tristan Wurst does not go, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe it's Josh Wells after him. Uh, looked like he, you know, got burned quite a few times against the Eagles once he stepped in. Truly, how concerning is that? Because you look at a guy like Von Miller who probably lines up against the right tackle most of the times. If not, Leonard Floyd is no slouch either if they do rotate. Last time, Von, I talked about at the top of the hour, last time Von Miller played Tom Brady in the playoffs, afc championship game two and a half sacks and basically wrecked that game as the broncos went on to the super bowl after that so how concerning is that if you're putting a guy like josh wells against a guy prolific like von miller
1: yeah i mean josh wells himself is actually dealing with a a quad injury um was able to practice mostly most of this week um so it looks like he will be available if you know if tristan works can't go it does look like it'll be josh wells Uh, bruce arians actually did mention that Had Josh Wells not been able to continue the game versus Philly, that they would have moved uh, right guard Alex Kappa to right tackle, and then they would have had Aaron Stinney, who is a backup guard, You'll play in his place at right guard so maybe some shuffling along the offensive line there depending on how the game goes i think too but yeah it'll be a challenge for wells and uh, he struggled at times that there was times he actually looked looked decent uh on sunday against the eagles and but there was a few times where ryan kerrigan who has not really had much success this season really took his lunch money and uh yeah von miller is a much better player right now than ryan kerrigan is so uh, if josh Wells plays and trista works can't go josh wells is definitely going to be on his p's and q's because like you said von miller has a history of, of wrecking tom brady's playoff games and I, I think he has the ability uh to, to do it again
2: yeah and, and von miller has said many times one of his favorite quarterbacks to play against is tom brady just because the competition level is so high and you're going against the goat you want to beat the goat so he'll be ready to go and um you know Greg Gaines the guy I've highlighted all week the I know everyone talked about Aaron Donald as they should being the best player in my opinion in the NFL period not just defensively but at nose tackle Greg Gaines has been dominant for this Rams team has has come in for Sebastian Joseph Day when he went down and has just gotten better and better and better every week and the not just in the against the run game which is kind of his forte but that push up the middle which against the Tom Brady led team is so important because if Brady can't step in the pocket and he's forced to the side. And then, I'll guess what on the side? You have Von Miller or Leonard Floyd. That's huge. So, Rhett, I don't want to keep beating this with a dead horse, but when you look at a guy like Greg Gaines and you look at that center position, Ryan Jensen, if someone else spells in him, the two guards, you know, Ali Marpet and, and how important those guard positions are, just because in my opinion, I mean, the, the way this game goes down is how this offensive plays because that's, mm-hmm. that's how it's going to go, I think, for this offense, in my opinion. So, just how important when you look at a guy like Greg Gaines, I don't know how much you know about him, but how much can you can you attest to his importance in you know blowing up this offensive line?
0: Oh, yeah, hundred percent. I, I mean, a lot of people will say the formula to beat Tom Brady is to bring the pressure to hit him. I mean, let's face it, that's the you know the formula to beat ninety nine percent of quarterbacks in the yeah. NFL. If you hit them, they're definitely not going to be playing their greatest. But it just speaks to the importance of what a guy like that brings to your line of scrimmage. I mean, we have the same conversation about you know Vita Vea over oh, at yeah. um for the Bucks defensive line that push up the middle to either move a guy out of the pocket, just get him uncomfortable, take away different options for him. Eventually, it's going to lead to a mistake. So, I mean, while, you know, a position like that isn't going to be blowing up the stat sheets, no one's going to talk about the two or three sack performance he had at the end of the day. But the ability that that guy in the middle of the line has to just open up doors for everybody else to feast, you talk about all the elite pass rushers on the LA roster. I I mean, that just... You know that guy is definitely the unsung hero in that situation but that's how important a position like that is especially in a game like this week where you know on both sides of the ball for both teams it, it will be one in the trenches this week
2: yeah ironically enough vita vea was at washington and then gray Gaines took over for vita vea once he was drafted by the buccaneers and then gray Gaines was drafted the following year by the rams not 12th overall like vita vea but <laughs> still comes from that washington huskies tree so uh, Evan, sticking with injuries a little bit, I, Leonard Fournette, I believe, has practiced since Wednesday, um, haven't heard anything about Rojo, what's it looking like for your guys' running game down there in Tampa, and how important is it, I mean, I think you guys look pretty good without those two, granted going against the Eagles, but I think the running game looked pretty solid with, with who you put back there, so what's the, the thought process on that, and does it look like Fournette or Rojo could be a go Sunday?
1: Yeah, it does look like Fournette's on track. It um, he, he looked like he was on track last week as well, so we'll have to wait and see. Uh, but it does appear that, that he's on track to play. I think the Bucks last week were more so being cautious. I, I think uh, Bruce Arians had said like he wasn't 100%, and if he's not 100%, Bruce Arians really didn't want to put him out there. Uh, as far as Ronald Jones, it seems uh, like he's not going to play seems like his ankle injury just isn't getting any better uh, in, in, uh, in time to play this game. If the Bucks advance, who knows? But for this particular game, it does look, look like they'll get Leonard Fournette back. But you're right. The run game against Philly, it wasn't bad. Uh, you know, Ooh. Keyshawn Vaughn and Giovanni Bernard both had touchdowns, and they both did their job. It wasn't nothing spectacular, but it was enough to get the job done. Now, will they need a better performance if Leonard Fournette's in there? Probably because this Rams team is is a better team than the Eagles, so you're gonna need a better performance. Um, I look back to the Week Three matchup. Tom Brady was the Bucks' leading rusher. That can't happen. Um, if, if that happens again, the Bucks are gonna lose this football game. Uh, so I understand. You know, the Rams are really good at defending the run. They've been good all season. I believe they're they PFF's top ranked run defense. Um, you know, they've been really good. And the Bucks are just going to need to find a way, whether that's Fournette, whether that's Bernard, Vaughn, whoever it may be, even Le'Veon Bell, if they choose to put him in there on some third downs, they're going to find a way to get these running backs involved, especially with how
0: short-handed the Bucks are still at wide receiver.
2: Yeah. So, Red, if you oh, go ahead.
0: Well, I was just gonna speak to the shorthandedness at wide receiver. I mean, not only have we talked about the injuries they have, the Antonio Brown meltdown against the Jets, Chris Godwin yeah. missing, uh missing the rest of the season with his injury. They also have another injury this weekend or this yeah, this week at the receiver position. Rashad Perryman is dealing uh-huh. with um Oh, what does he have, Evan? Correct me here really quick. Is it a hamstring? Yeah, no, 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 it's a it's like a a, a hip. Injury, yeah, it's like a, like, a, like a torn muscle. Or huh? Yeah, he, he suffered he suffered a,
1: a torn muscle. So it sounds like Perryman's not going to be able to go either. Bruce Joranis had mentioned possibly John Brown stepping in there.
0: Yeah, so the Bucs mm. could, you know, they could either activate John Brown or you still have Surreal Grayson Jr., but this guy mer- missed the first playoffs game because of injury, and he still is out mm. there limited at practice due to a hamstring injury. So the Bucks definitely have a decision to make on their hands, and, and John Brown being the guy that they just signed to the practice squad He's been on the team for nine or 10 days at this point. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. I think the deadline to do that is here in a couple of hours, 4 p.m. today, if they want to activate uh, John Brown.
2: Yeah, uh, it's, you know, a team with such talent, but yeah, they kind of got banged up at the wrong time, which was the opposite yeah. last year. They got all healthy at the right time. We're catching their stride at the right time. Um, and so if that running game, Rhett, doesn't get going, you know, if the Rams are able to sustain, And, you know, play up to their ability with Donald, with Greg Gaines. Ernest Jones just got designated off the IR for the linebacking position, who's probably our best run uh, linebacker. Um, Traven Howard's more of a sideline-to-sideline guy. So if they can kind of sustain that. And the passing game, what Brady does so well is kind of in his career, it sounds disrespectful to say it, but, you know, he's very good at the dink and dub style offense until Mm -hmm. defenses cheat, and then he, he throws it up over the top. It seems like they just, all those years in New England and even now with the great talent he has in tampa bay they still kind of predicate that think and dunk take what the defense gives us and then we'll use it so so if the running game doesn't work and if they have to pass it 40 plus times a game a do you like their chances in that regard or do you think they need to switch things up schematically in order to maybe you know push the ball farther down the field
0: 40 plus times for tom brady is a little bit much so if i'm looking at a stat sheet at the end of the game without seeing a final score and i see he threw it over 40 times i'm assuming they lost so That's not entirely the route that I want to go. But listen, this is also a guy who is, you know, tied with the front runner of MVP right now. He threw 40-something touchdowns this year, 40-something last year. So if they have to go through the air, I definitely trust Brady to do it. The way that they had to do it against this Rams team in week three, I mean, he threw for 400-something yards and only one total touchdown. But he was able to move the ball down the field. Granted, they were playing from behind most of the time. But I think for Brady this week, I mean, obviously getting the ball out quick is huge. But I think attacking the middle of the field – and, and really trying to incorporate some of these tight ends a little bit more. I know the conversation has been had about Rob Gronkowski, but you know people aren't talking as much about guys like OJ Howard, former first-round pick for this Bucks yeah. team, uh, Cameron Brate, who you know still is eating up a little bit of cap space. I know he picked up some momentum, had some touchdowns towards the end of the regular season, but I'd like to see him get involved as well because let's face it, you know if the Bucks have to pass the ball, okay, but you're going to have Mike Evans paired up with Jalen Ramsey for most of the game, I have to assume, right? And then alongside. Mm-hmm. All the other wide receivers we've been talking about, there aren't, necessar- aren't necessarily any superstars that jump out to you. So I think the superstars could be in that tight end room. And I know the chances for a guy like OJ Howard getting more than fifty percent of the offensive snaps seems like a, a long shot this time of year. But I really think that's what this Bucks offense is going to have to hone in on this week.
2: Yeah, and Evan, you look at a guy like Mike Williams, who you know he's been on my he's on my dynasty team. Like he's such a talented, underrated receiver that I don't think gets enough. Uh, chatter because he's done it with not just Tom He's he's been superb with many many other quarterbacks which just shows I think how good he is but against Jalen Ramsey he has not been good and not many receivers have been good against Jalen Ramsey so I mean he is the best at what he does for a reason and I agree with you Red I think he will primarily cover him but they do use him in that star role where they move him all over the field and they want to try to confuse Tom Brady if that's even possible in a way and Raheem Morris does use him differently but so how do you in your opinion, Evan? get mike evans more involved is it something that you need to get right out the gate get him you know five targets is just to see how it's working or do you let it just kind of come to you in a way or do you just think they have to target other guys and say you know what Jalen Ramsey, mike evans it's fun to talk about but we're not going to focus on it because i don't think they'll do it that much this game
1: yeah i feel like the the Bucks really need to find a way to, to get the ball in his hands uh not necessarily force feed him but there's ways to scheme guys open, right? There, there are ways to get the ball in your best players' hands, um, and you're right. Jalen Ramsey could very well just follow him around. You know, Ramsey's been playing inside, outside this, this you know the entire time he's been with LA. Really, um, he's he's been very versatile in that matter. And um, it's a tough matchup, but it's a tough matchup for any wide receiver, just like you said, yeah. because Jalen Ramsey is so good. Um, but it just it feels like Mike Evans is gonna have to do something because. Look, I mean, the Bucks last year. The Bucks played with Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown, and, and they they lost. Week three, they played with Chris Godwin. Antonio Brown didn't play, and they still lost. It, it seems like you know Mike Evans is gonna have to step up. I mean, now you're looking at guys like Tyler Johnson, maybe Surreal Grayson. I mean, even Brashard Perryman, who's flashed, likely won't even be able to play in this game. So. Mm-hmm. I just I think Mike Evans is going to have to find a way. Now, does that mean get over 100 yards? No, that, that doesn't mean that. Um, but they're going to have to find a way to get the ball in his hands. Not necessarily force-feed it, because that could result in in Ramsey just making a play. Because he's so good. Uh, you don't even want to test those waters so much. But I do think there, there are certain ways to be able to scheme your guys open, whether it's just you know, quick screens. Mike Evans can do that stuff. A lot of people think he is just a a, a – you know, a guy just runs streaks and 50-50 balls, he can do a lot more. And uh, I think you might see that on Sunday. And if they want a chance to win this game, and then if they do advance to win the Super Bowl, Mike Evans is going to have to step up each and every game. He did last week. It's going to be mm-hmm. even tougher this week.
2: Yeah, it's it's for me, looking at it from the lens of the Rams, what, what would scare me is if they do get him involved early. Um, that, last game, I think he actually had like eight, eight catches for like over a hundred yards. Most of that came yeah. like mm-hmm. in kind of garbage time when they were down by two scores and just trying to play catch up. So it, it didn't have a huge factor, but if they can get him going and get him on the scoreboard early, um, cause he reminds me a little bit, not to player comp too much, but Mike Williams here in LA for the chargers, I think Evans is a more talented Mike Williams in a sense that he's, you know, a little better route runner, um, probably a little quicker, but Williams in, in this chargers offense, you know, for his whole career. Before Brandon Sealy and Joe Lombardi got to LA, he was kind of used as that just like jump ball, go get it guy. And this year, they really implemented it in so many different ways. And you could see how talented he truly was. So, how you mentioned about Mike Evans has that ability to do that. That's what would scare me. And that's why if I'm Raheem Morris, I'm putting Jalen Ramsey on Mike Evans no matter what. Screw the star role. Just stay on Evans and shut him down. We'll worry about Rob, Don OJ Howard, Tyler Johnson, those guys with our other players. What do you think,
0: Red? And it's, It's kind of funny about Mike Evans, his progression over the course of his career regarding what he's been asked to do in this offense has definitely, you know, uh, gotten a little bit smaller over the years when you have the luxury of playing next to guys like Chris Godwin, who is a number one wide receiver on most teams in the NFL, uh, Antonio Brown, who on the field is probably one of the greatest wide receivers of all time. Like, obviously, when you have those guys around you, you're going to be asked to do less. But when that happens, like people forget about Mike Evans. And it's important to remember that. know evan said he can do all these things there was a time where man i remember 2014 watching the bucks go 2-14 and with josh mccown at their quarterback and mike evans was their offense right like there was a time where mike evans was putting up 13 1400 yards a season and um we we said before the playoffs even started offensively with the injuries that they have i mean the defense playing the way that they have is great and i'm sure we'll talk about them here in a second too but for the bucks you know, what's going to decide how deep they go on this playoff run is how much Mike Evans can just step up and be that guy. Because when you are a number one wide receiver in the NFL, no one really cares when you're playing against Jalen Ramsey. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you you still have to go out there, find ways to produce. And, uh, I hope Mike Evans is able to do that this Sunday. It's going to be tough, but he's been, uh, he's definitely been producing a little bit more given the injuries around him and the rest of that receiver room.
2: Yeah. I hope not, but, but we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy to me guys that Mike Evans has never had a season under a thousand yards receiving. Mm -hmm. That is insane. He he does not get talked about enough as a, as an elite receiver in this game. And I really don't understand why he's been a guy that I've loved ever since he was at Texas A&M. And, and like I said, he's done it with other quarterbacks, not just Tom Brady. So he's kind of that guy that can produce no matter who's back there, uh, kind of thing. So I think that's so important. So just impressive. And that'll be, I think a huge storyline for this Rams defense is how they can you know slow him down especially obviously you got to take the run of game I mean there's just so many factors on your guys's offense that you have to worry about and that's why they're in the playoffs that's why we're in the divisional round so um yeah Brett you alluded to it I'll go to you next you look at the Rams offense now and Matthew Stafford who I have talked a lot on my show who I just think this is a slam dunk trade you know when it first went down I definitely thought the Rams gave up quite a lot for it as did everyone um but just seeing what he did you know he had those 17 picks had like five pick sixes, which is not good, but his whole career, he's averaged 12 to 15 interceptions. Like that's just who he is. You kind of have to expect that 41 touchdowns. So he doubled Jared Goff's output last year. Um, Still has that big arm. He's a cerebral player. Uh, He he just gets Sean McVay's scheme. He's the quarterback, uh, not the quarterback, but the coach on the field that Jared Goff, unfortunately, just never was able to become from you on the outside. Looking in Rhett, just what's your thoughts on Stafford and how much or how little does he scare you going into this game? He definitely scares me.
0: Um, when, when we looked at his stats at the end of the season, Evan and I both were pretty shocked to see that he had 17 on the year because he has no doubt been slinging it in that LA offense. And I know they kind of started to add up towards the end of the year as things went on. But, you know, 17, I was surprised to see. But who, who cares? It's the first year in a new offense. We know how Sean McVay is. Um, but I think he's really been doing a great job with LA. I think he has him in a great position here. I'd, I, I'd love to if the bucks get eliminated this weekend i'd love to potentially see matt stafford finally get some credit for being the talented guy he has been but you know the formula with the rams while they didn't have to necessarily give up as much to go you know to go get brady as the rams did stafford it's it's the same formula right like yeah. you you pick up all of these superstars you guys got a disgruntled superstar wide receiver halfway through the season and obj who is yeah. returning to former glory now he's getting hot at the right time um, but I, I think Matt Stafford's the dude. And uh, I, I think this week it's obviously going to be contingent on just how much pressure the Bucs can put on them on defense, because the way that I look at this Bucks defense, and I think Todd Bowles has said this before, they are designed to try and force mistakes after a while, right? Like they're going to blitz you a lot. They have one of the higher blitz rate percentages in the NFL. Um, I, I think we just talked with Trevor Sykema of pro football focus this week. He said it's somewhere around like 43% average a game. Which is again highest in the nfl so they're gonna blitz but even if they're not getting there if you can bring pressure on the quarterback eventually try and make some mistakes we know stafford is capable of tossing a few picks um Mm -hmm. so i think that's what the bucks are going to lean on but as far as what they need to fine tune this week to you know really try and slow him down i'm just i'm not sure man because i'm stuck between a place of all right week three stafford played arguably his best game as a ram against the bucks i think he's going to do it next week in the divisional round but I'm also at a place where I think he could go out there and throw two or three picks, and it could be a huge day for this Bucs defense if they're able to take advantage and, of course, not make mistakes on the other side of the ball. But I have no idea, man. I'll tell you this much, though. He is definitely getting it done for the Rams.
2: Yeah, it's, you know, we talked at the at the top of the hour with my guest Sosa about, you know, the, the biggest key for this Rams offense is just, yeah, not making the mistake. And if he cannot make the mistake, we feel pretty good about how this offense can roll. Evan, looking at your guys' defense, and I I don't expect you to give X's and O's because obviously you guys don't cover the Rams, but in your opinion, what is the most important thing to stop this defense? I think, or stop this offense, excuse me, because I think what's been exciting that not a lot of people kind of had talked about about this Rams offense is that among the fan base, and you wouldn't know this, but there's a lot of always frustration with Sean McVay abandoning the run. But he hasn't done it as much this year as, as fans say. I mean, he really has been pretty dedicated to it overall for the most part. But I think what makes this offense so dangerous is they can beat you and do different things week to week. So, for instance, just looking at the first Bucks matchup, Matthew Stafford threw the ball 38 times. Looking at the first Arizona Cardinals matchup, because we'll look at the playoffs or the second one, excuse me, where they beat him. He threw the ball 30 times. Now you look at last week's wild card game, he threw the ball 17 times and the Rams ran the ball 38 times. So they can kind of come at you in different ways depending on how they schematically draw things up. So Evan, long way of asking what do you think is most important to shut down slash how does the Buccaneers defense need to shut this down and and how do they are capable of doing that?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, uh, shout out to the Rams running backs. You know, I'm a big fan of both Sony Michelle, and Cam Akers. Obviously, Cam Akers, a remarkable story this year. Um, just you know, incredible yeah. that he's able to, you know, come back and play meaningful football and play a lot of snaps. Like, you know, the, it's not like he's just playing, you know, a few snaps here and there. Like, he's, he's playing a lot of snaps. So, um, both those guys, like you said, the Rams, at times, you know, have been one-dimensional under Sean McVay. Uh, I believe last year in Tampa, Jared Goff th- threw the ball 51 times. The, yeah. the Rams still won, but he threw it over 50 I'm times. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so. Not um, a recipe we want. No, I, I don't think that's, you know, that's that's not how you win in the playoffs, right? That That's yeah. not, you're not going to win many playoff games throwing the ball 50 plus times. Um, so, I mean, it is important for the Rams to have a run game. The Bucks' run defense, which was criticized earlier in the week when you were looking at the Philly matchup, and I think they heard those criticisms because mm-hmm. they came out in the Philly matchup with a lot of energy and they they shut down the number one rushing team in the NFL. Uh, then, you know, obviously the offense picking up two touchdowns, sort of forcing Philly to get away from the run, that helped. Um, but, you know, early on when the Eagles were trying to run it, the Bucks shut it down, so that's an important piece. Uh, as far as what the Bucks' defense needs to do, it's what you know Rhett had said that they do um Todd Bowles blitzes 43% of the time you can't do that uh you just and I believe last week Trevor actually corrected me I didn't think they the Bucks blitzed Jalen Hurts that much Trevor said it was actually 44% that they blitzed them <laughs> last week so it was actually a little bit above so I was like oh my goodness um what are you Matt watching? Stafford, I mean? What are you watching? I know, I know. <laughs> Matt Stafford has been uh, ridiculous against the Blitz uh, this season. So this is from J- John Ledyard of Pewter Report. Uh, mm-hmm. He has said when when Matt Stafford has faced five-plus rushers, he's a 72% completion percentage, one thousand three uh, 1,031 yards, 14 touchdowns, no interceptions, and eight sacks. But mm-hmm. when he's faced four or less rushers, He has 66 percent completion percentage, 3,855 yards, 27 touchdowns, 17 interceptions, and 22 sacks. So every single one of his interceptions, none of them have come against the blitz. So while Todd Bowles will not eliminate the blitz completely, that's just not him. Um, Mm -hmm. I do think he's got to tone it down a significant margin this week, unless you know maybe the Bucks go up a little bit and you can take some chances, Uh, or you know if they're down and and needed something, a splash play maybe. But uh, it's just McVeigh and Stafford have been so good against the blitz this year that I just can't see a recipe for success if you're going to go out and blitz, and, you know, darn near fifty percent of the snaps.
2: That's such a good point, Evan. I'm glad you bring it up because I don't think it gets talked about enough with Matthew Stafford. Um, everyone just looks at the interceptions and, and stuff like that. But what made him such an upgrade over Jared Goff? And I say I'll tell my show I never want to talk bad about Goff. What he brought to the city, this team was phenomenal. But just talking X's and O's and players, what Stafford brings is that that pre-snap knowledge and able to pick up the blitz and say okay Uh jared gotch just could never do that last year against miami i don't know if you guys remember that game at all but he had four turnovers two fumbles two picks and all of them were against cover zeros where it was clear Uh what was going to happen and he just didn't pick it up and just sat back there in a five set drop whereas stafford is so much better at picking that up where he gets in trouble almost is when he has too much time and then he's like all right well i don't want to just like take a one yard run here like I want to force something and so I think the blitz is dangerous and so that will be interesting to see how Todd Bowles dials that up and what he does and, and Rhett looking at that further for us Rams fans that don't really know the Bucks, what is the biggest strength of this Buccaneers defense and what is the biggest weakness could be a, a whole s- system of it or a specific player
0: uh truthfully i mean when i look at the biggest strength of this defense i i look at the linebacker core evan's answer might be a little different than mine but i think when levante david and devin white are both playing at the ability we know they can exactly what happens against philly you know levante david might not have been 100 percent; he wasn't running as fast as he was out there but that's okay because number 45 was making up for it uh devin white in particular He's been in the hot seat this season. I think fans were a little bit underwhelmed with his production uh, in 2021. I mean, you look at his season last year, the dude had almost 10 sacks from the linebacker position. Like that's pretty wild. So for him to only get, I think three this year, and he had maybe 10 less tackles on the year, people were upset by that because that's just not the player he defined himself as being. But since the playoffs have come on, man, he's another one of those guys who has heard the criticisms and he has turned it on. But I think our defense re- revolves around them. I mean, when defending the pass, you know, it's all about what those guys let go by them. If it's a if it's a short five-yard route to Cooper Cup, nine times out of ten, unless the DB is right on top of them, Levante David's going to be the guy you want to make that tackle because if it goes mm. any further and you got to rely on those DBs, that's when a five-yard game turns into a 10, 15, 20-yard game, which the Bucks have been more than guilty of giving up this year as well. But when I look at the strengths, I think it is this linebacker core. Um, I, I think it just I think it starts and ends with them, truthfully, especially when mm-hmm. they are on it. Levante David being back is so valuable to this team. And I think the easy answer here to say their big weakness is their secondary, but they are playing healthy at the secondary uh, for the first time in a very, very long time. I think this is the first time all season the Bucks have had just about every starting DB back on the roster. So between Carlton Davis, Mike Edwards, Jamel Dean, who was a little iffy this week, but I think he's going to give it a go. Um, and whoever, they else, whoever else they have back there. I, I know it's a weakness for this team, but those guys have been stepping it up a little bit too. I'm I'm curious to hear what Evan thinks, though.
2: Yeah, yeah. go ahead, Evan. Uh, and I'll yeah, phrase it I, to I, you also, um, answer it fully, but then I'll phrase it to you to follow up. Uh, who is a player, you know, with Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson, Odell Beckham Jr., Tyler Higby, all these guys, who is a player that the Rams should go after and target, and then who should they stay away from? So that'll be kind of the follow-up on your full answer.
1: Yeah, so I, I you know. I think the the strength of, of this defense it is still the the linebackers when they're on, right? But when they're off, that's when this defense really like unravels. Uh, this, you know, if, if Levante David, go ahead, right?
0: Well, I was just gonna say that's when the run defense unraveled yeah. this year. Is when yeah. Levante David missed all those games and Devin White couldn't do it right. by himself.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, the linebackers, you know, specifically in coverage, Devin White's. Uh, strength is definitely not a coverage linebacker, that's more Levante David. Devin White's mm-hmm. just the guy who you just want running straight line to the ball carrier, you don't want him playing in coverage too long, so that'll be important. Um, but I do think that you know, the strength when those two guys are on this defense it brings another level and weakness. I'm gonna say I'm gonna put a little bit of like an asterisk next to it, but the, the defensive line, um they're not healthy they're not 100 healthy shaq barrett's Mm -hmm. playing through an injury jcbr paul has been playing through a torn rotator cuff pretty Mm -hmm. much half the season um so both of those guys aren't very healthy but specifically in this rams matchup they haven't been that good against the rams offensive line and that's going to be a key to stopping matt stafford uh, from getting the ball to odell or cooper cup or van jefferson higby whoever it may be um you know, obviously the Rams don't have Robert Woods anymore, and they don't have Deshaun Jackson, who absolutely burned the Bucks in Week Three. But they still have some talented guys. You know, they're placed with Odell Beckham, who the Bucks didn't face last time. So uh, I do think the defensive line, uh, specifically the two edge rushers, I understand they're playing through injury, but it feels like they're going to have to step up a little bit. And like I said, if they were both healthy, it wouldn't be as much of a weakness. But I think in this particular game, that could be something the Rams exploit.
0: And just, just to put a bow on his point as well, I mean, not only is it up to the defensive line to get after Matt Stafford this week, but they have to do it with four guys, right? Because we talked mm-hmm. about how Todd Bowles has to take a break from the Blitz a little bit this week if they hope to have some good success in slowing down L.A. And uh, this Bucks defense, their defensive line, period, I mean, whether you have JPP or not. They definitely are not the best at uh, putting pressure on the quarterback with just four linemen. So hopefully that's something mm-hmm. they can overcome this week for for yeah. our sake, not your sake. You know, how it goes. <laughs> as, as, yeah. as far
1: as as far as the player that you might want to target, you know, if I'm the Rams offensive coordinator, I take a look at that guy. Um, if Sean Murphy bunting plays, he's been questionable with a hamstring injury all week, so he mm-hmm. might not be even 100 percent healthy. Sean Murphy Bunting has probably been the Buck's worst corner. Jamel Dean gets a lot of criticism, but like he's had like one of his best seasons as a Buck, and I don't really understand why he gets the criticism he does. And Carlton Davis is probably their their best cover corner, um, but he struggled against Cooper Cup, so I, I wouldn't put him against Cooper Cup. But if you get a matchup you like, whether it's Odell, whether it's Van Jefferson, or even Cooper Cup against Sean Murphy Bunting, with inside outside. I, I think you got to exploit that. Not necessarily saying Murphy Bunting's a bad player. It's just one, he might not be 100%. And two, he hasn't played as well as he could this season. And I think that the Bucks had a lot of success last week when he was out and they played Antoine Winfield in the nickel, Mike Edwards in the nickel a little bit. Mike Edwards had a pick. Um, but, you know, if Murphy Bunting's back there, they'll probably play him mostly in the nickel. And I think that's something the Rams can exploit.
2: Yeah, that's, I think, uh, what they're going to target. I mean, Sean McVay is a pretty smart guy. And, you know, with OC Kevin O'Connell, I think they know what they want to do. And it helps me have so much talent they have. I mean, Cooper Cup, they line up all over the field to get him. Basically, I mean, he's led the league in yak the last, like, two, three seasons. Mm -hmm. So you need to just give him the ball at some point. And and it was funny. I talked earlier in the week. Last year, through the third quarter, the Rams were up 20 points, and Cooper Cup had 16 yards receiving. So I think it just showed how much the offense was dialed in last week. And if they can do that this week, but I think Cooper Cup's going to have to be much more involved, and it'll be interesting that you mentioned the the defensive line and watching those trenches. Um, I don't know how much you guys knew, but Andrew Whitworth banged up; he's questionable mm-hmm. for this game, has swelling in the ankle. But Joe Nopum has has played you know phenomenal in his stead. He's he's had to play a few games this year with Whitworth out, so um, still a drop off. I think Big Wits one of the best in the game, but uh, Joe Nopum has absolutely been a a solid uh, backup and a solid. He'll be a starter probably next year if Whit does retire and they're able to retain. Uh, Joe Nopum So that'll be interesting to watch. So, well, guys, let's get you out of here on this. Red I'll start with you. Big game Sunday. I believe it's uh noon Pacific three Eastern. I think Raymond James stadium yep. in Tampa Bay uh, should be, you know, a lot of buzz, good weather. That's what I love too. At this match. they don't have to go to Lambeau yeah. field and play in the cold. We still get nice, warm, sunny weather. So it's it's good for the Rams who uh, don't seem to play well in the cold. Who do you like, right? What are you taking? What's your, what's your prediction? What's your score?
0: I mean, call me a homer. Uh, this is going to be a tough game. This really is going to be a tough game. I think for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, this is their toughest game of the postseason this year, truthfully. Uh, something about the bucks packers matchup, I mean, it's not even a guarantee that they beat the 49ers here, but something mm-hmm. about that matchup makes me feel a hell of a lot better than them playing the Rams. But I think it also helps them this week that they are at home. You get the mm-hmm. two seed from up under LA's nose, and you get two home games. So... Yeah. I think that helps them this week, but it's a very, very close game. I do think it's a lot of scoring. Not quite as high as my first prediction I put out there, but uh, I do have the Bucs taking this one by three points, 31 to 28, my final score. Uh, but this one really could go either way. It's going to probably come down to whoever has the ball last, in, in my opinion. I, I think it'll be uh, a very memorable game.
2: There you go. So for betters out there, Rhett has the Bucs pushing as they they hit the three-point spread. Evan, who you got?
1: Yeah, I've wrestled with this all week, um, and really, I, I waited you know, to see the status of Ryan Jensen and Tristan Worst. Because I'm going to be completely honest: if both those guys don't play, I don't think the Bucks stand a chance. I, yeah. I just don't think, you know. So, so, Rhett, real quick before I give mine, mm-hmm. what are you assuming happens with those two guys? I'm assuming Jensen plays. I'm assuming Tristan Worst is not. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think that's the way I'm leaning as well. I, I think. They, they're hoping to just get out of this, and Worse will be back next week. But um, I do think Jensen will play, and Worse probably won't. So Josh Wells, and um, yeah, like I said, if both those guys don't play, I don't think the Bucks stand a chance. But if one of them do, I do think the Bucks can – there are ways, right, that you can try and neutralize those pass rushers. Rob Gronkowski, you know, you can put him on Wells' side, have him maybe chip Von Miller every now and then, keep an extra back in the pass block as well. Uh, man, I, I do think it's going to be a close game, and I agree with Rhett. This is probably the you know, toughest matchup that the Bucks could could ask for, honestly. I think um, out of all the matchups in the NFC, this is probably the team you didn't want to play because they just schematically they match up very well. Sean McVay mm-hmm. has owned Todd Bowles, and Tom Brady struggled against the Rams' defense the last two times he played, but... I'm 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 gonna pick the Bucks just because mostly because they're at home. I think if this game was in LA, I think the Rams would win. But I do think that with the Bucks at home, I think that pushes it a little bit better. They've been a much better team at home than they have been on the road. I think mm-hmm. that matters specifically the defense. The defense has played much better at home than on the road. I think they're able to force you know a turnover or two out of Matt Stafford, uh, Jamel Dean Stafford in the first game i believe it was the first quarter uh stafford threw a ball right to jamel dean in his hands and jamel dean dropped it uh so you gotta take advantage of your opportunities there and stafford like you said ryan you know he's averaged 12 to 15 picks a year there's an opportunity there he's gonna put the ball he's gonna take some chances maybe um i think the bucks win i'm gonna say 34 to 31 i think the bucks somehow somehow managed to put up 34 points uh, mm. with this banged up offense that they have. I think it's a big day for Rob Gronkowski. I think Tom Brady rises to the occasion in the divisional round.
2: Yeah. Another push on the three-point spread. I but. know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be such a good game. Uh, anytime you get you know, a Tom Brady in prime time in the playoffs, it's always fun. Uh, I agree with you guys. I love the matchup. I love uh, I love it for the Rams, though. I, I think, uh, again, I'd say Homer pick, too. I said it earlier at the top of the hour. I do like the Rams in this one. <laughs> Um, you know, it's hard when you cover the team while you're to pick against them in the playoffs, right? You don't want to be that guy that picks against them. regular season, it's okay because whatever. Yeah, you, you
0: don't want to be that guy, right, Evan? Yeah, well, you know, so he he's uh, he's referring uh, to me.
1: Um, I did pick the Packers to beat the Bucks in last year's NFC Championship game. So that that's what Red is referring to. There. I'll, I'll, but, I'll never I'll never forget but, Well, once the Bucks uh, did reach the Super Bowl, I did pick the Bucks. I was like, you know what, whatever. Yeah, so you can't, yeah, you can't this is, against them
0: in the playoffs.
1: It, 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 this game, I think it's gonna be a coin flip. So any prediction, yeah. I don't really
2: mind yeah I agree agree. and it's gonna come I think uh you know just based on uh injury or health I think the Rams are probably in a better spot still banged up too I mean they're missing both their starting safeties Taylor Rapp still in the concussion protocol but you know we saw how well we didn't even talk about Eric Weddle but he (laughs) played pretty well off the couch uh Nick Scott played great Terrell Burgess played great they're getting Ernest Jones back so they're getting a little healthier in some aspects missing others so I think overall they're a little healthier Really comes down to me if Matthew Stafford plays a clean game. If he plays a clean game, I think the Rams win. If he has that detrimental pick six, even an interception, I'm not worried about. If he has a pick six, that's where you run into issues. And he's had, you know, four of them this season. So, um, but should be a lot of fun. It's playoff football, baby. Can't wait. Gentlemen, got Evan Wanish at Evan NFL on Twitter, Rhett Matthew at Reticus. you know, Spartan but uh not a (laughs) buccaneer that's okay at Redicus on twitter host of the cannon fire podcast gentlemen thanks so much for joining me and breaking this uh down appreciate you both
0: absolutely man and thanks for having us yeah tons of fun as always thank you for including uh myself and my better half this week
2: (laughs) absolutely anytime (laughs) good luck this weekend enjoy the game and uh we'll definitely talk soon all right